0: The first scripture reading this morning is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. This is what the Lord says Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord, who exercises kindness. Justice and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. And the second reading this morning is taken from the book of First Corinthians, chapter 1, starting at verse 18 and going to the second chapter, verse 5. 1 Corinthians 1 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, It is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling— my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your for- faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. The Word of the Lord.
1: If this was the promised land, leave you and you are a class that has felt the two campuses, then you have just heard the word of the Lord from Moses. (laughs) (laughs) Randy Henderson. Uh, Randy, uh, this is Randy Henderson's, our COO and our uh, Senior Vice President. This is probably, well this is his last convocation chapel officially as uh, as a senior management in this in Tyndale, and i don 't think anybody realizes what Randy and lots of people he will tell you this walking with him uh, went through uh, to get us to the promised land. Uh, it took eyeballing banks there 's only Randy could do c- coming out of the work that he had done for years and uh, in the in the business world. Uh, it took tenacity, it took an amazing ability to just kind of dogged determination when uh, he would come into my office almost on a daily basis, and say, we have another surprise. I got so sick of seeing him at the door. <laughs> it's another surprise. Um, none of these surprises we uh, were usually of our making. Uh, they were usually some new thing that was being imposed on us. But this is a chance for us as a community of learning uh, to say thank you. Randy, we're very grateful for all that you did. I had a long time to think about what to say here at the Convocation Chapel. Some of you will know that I had voice problems this semester, uh, nodules on my larynx, which meant that I was not allowed to speak for four weeks. Uh, I was on a forced silent retreat. For all you spiritual formation uh, people, that may, may be your idea of a great time, it's my idea of hell. <laughs> and, uh, and it was not easy. Um, But it did give me lots of time to think and to ponder I looked over some of the passages that I had preached on in other convocations. One was the jeremiah passage So for you that were thinking that I was going to preach another sermon on that passage uh, No, because it was so obvious that the cross This walk toward easter is part of our journey as we Go from convocation and we move to palm sunday and then Holy Week, and then we move into Good Friday and a celebration of the resurrection on Sunday. And I was fascinated by something that I found out. I found out as I was looking at the Revised Common Lectionary, some of you won't even know that that exists. Go look it up in the library or on Google. I was fascinated that the Revised Common Lectionary, which has five readings for a particular time, take the Jeremiah passage and link it to the 1 Corinthians passage. Because at first glance, I thought, it looked, they were very different. The Jeremiah passage has this prophet writing to a people in rebellion against God, a time where Jerusalem is decaying from the inside out, and, and the prophet is urging them to return to the things that they once knew and lived by. And then with a sense of challenge, Jeremiah gives kind of his line in the sand. And he says, you want to boast, then boast in this, that you know me, that you actually know me, and that I am Lord. If you read that passage, those are statements about what counts and what doesn't, about what really matters to God. And to you, moving toward graduation, you would do well to hear these words in Jeremiah. But the Corinthian passage is so different. Paul is writing to the early church at Corinth. He's writing to them in their early formation, and and it is Jew and Gentile. It is is a mix of people. But listen to how he echoes the words of Jeremiah. Jeremiah. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, he says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. Therefore, as it is, as it is written, he says in verse 31, that one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Do you hear it? Two very different contexts with very, very similar themes. I mean, it would be easy to come to a university or a seminary like Tyndale and still hold to this delusion that somehow wisdom, intelligence, (laughs) strength and power and wealth... Those are still the things that might be my grounds of security. Some of you will win rewards for writing and your ability to synthesize and think through matters. Your intellectual skills have emerged here and you will win rewards for that. Others of you came from well-to-do families and you haven't had to scratch and scrape as some of your fellow classmates have to get to this point. And others of you still may be buying the elusive lottery ticket. Hoping that if you win, you can pay off your student loans. These are the frames of security that our culture is built on. Jeremiah says they're delusionary themes, the direct opposite of what God is about. Paul simply says they're foolish. Let those who boast... Most about the Lord. Both of these passages are statements about perspective, about grounding ourselves in the right places. One quick side comment before we move on. It would be easy for someone to read these words and say, see, I don't need to learn to dig deeply into my mind and be formed educationally you sitting before us in black robes, you surely know that that's a hollow idea. I stand with Dr. Frank's marvelous job in chapel a couple of weeks ago who spoke to this whole idea. Surely we have learned here that the mind, to learn to think, is a critical aspect of life in the spirit and a deeper faith. I was speaking at a conference recently and a young youth pastor came up to me. I don't know why he did this. He he should, he should have known me better. He said to me he didn't really see the need to do anything about education. He had a call, he told me. God would equip him. I said, that's good. And so we sat down and we talked for a while. I must confess, he's not in the room so I can say this. The more we talked, the more I thought a little stretching of his mind might be a good idea. Because while he, ha- he had good ideas, there was a shallowness in his confidence. He just talked until finally I said, so after you've drawn from the well of knowledge and wisdom that you've honed in your 20 years of life, What will you go to then when the water runs out? There was a bit of a silence, but he had not yet learned that there was more to life than his own world. Both the Jeremiah passage and the Corinthian passage are simply grounding statements. It's about keeping first things first so that all of the other aspects of life have perspective. It's this intricate relationship between the knowing God factor, that he is Lord, and acting upon that knowledge. And that's why these passages in the common lectionary are linked together, and why they are so important today for you who have accomplished so much academically. In the Corinthian passage read this morning for your convocation, one word keeps coming up over and over again, and it's the word foolishness. You can't miss it when you read the text. For the message of the cross is foolishness. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. And on and on. It would help you to know, and I always hesitate to do this with New Testament scholars behind me, that the basic Greek word is moriah. I'll probably be corrected. We derive it, the English word, this much I know for sure. We derive the English word moron from it. This Greek word has an idea of something that is ridiculous, that is ignorant, that is stupid, that is contemptible. In the Old Testament, testament wisdom literature foolishness is often seen as the opposite of wisdom and paul uses this word or its root not just once but over and over like a wave it just keeps flooding over top of us He says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise, not by human standards, not many of you were influential, not many of you had noble birth, but God chose the foolishness of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world. My paraphrase would read like this, and you can do this, you in the black robes in front of us. Look around at yourselves. I'm serious. Look around at yourselves. You are a motley crew of foolishness. (laughs) A motley crew of foolishness to the world. But take heart. What a great example you are of God's wisdom. Brothers and sisters, think about what you were when you were called not wise by human standards, not influential, not many of you were noble, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly and the despised things of this so ultimately no one could boast. Looking out at this graduating class, we could say, What a witness for Christ you are. A motley crew of diversity, of weakness and strength, of possibilities and potentials. An amazing group of people that reflect God's wisdom through the foolishness of humanity. We've tried to do our best for you here. Some of you came at the onset of your movement into adulthood, and this university, this unique and deeply faithful place of learning, asked you to grow up, implored you to question, to grasp knowledge and wisdom that would enable you to think about the world that you will navigate through the lens of faith for the rest of your life, not just for a job, but for living. And you have dug a deep well here. You have been formed by life together in a community of learning. You have been deepened in your ability to think and to reflect on a world where truth appears to be up for grabs. Time magazine's cover is Truth Dead. You've been asked, in a world that is slowly being diminished to a reality TV show, to form deep character. Character of integrity and holiness and faithful living which while seemingly foolish to the world is in fact the wisdom of God Others of you came to this seminary at a different stage in life Perhaps as a career shift the sense of calling or a deep desire to take time to integrate your faith in the midst of the vocational call that you've been living and you've dined at the table of knowledge, of spiritual wisdom, and you've opened yourself up to formational identity that has stimulated a missional imagination in you. But you would do, you would do well to remember these two passages this morning. And at this graduation ceremony in a few weeks, you would do well to remember this. God chose the foolish things, so that no one might boast." One of my key spiritual mentors in my young adult formation in my early 20s, I've shared about him in other sermons. He was a professor of economics at the University of Regina. His name was Fred Anderson. He was a remarkable man one of the experts in transportation in the country, he was a consultant to provinces and federal governments and international conferences around the whole idea of transportation. I still remember the day when I was up at his cottage, which had no phone service, and an RCMP car came up this dirt road to get him and to take him into town because the prime minister needed to talk to him. By all standards of the world, he was a made man. He had the cat by the tail. Admired for his intellect, a PhD from the London School of Economics, a person of power and influence. His opinion mattered nationally and internationally. And he was secure financially. But in his early 50s, he fell in love with Jesus. He'd always attended church. It was the thing to do with his generation. But it was on a sabbatical under the influence of a church that he attended while he was serving as a visiting faculty at the University of British Columbia where he fell in love with Jesus. And he was never the same again. His cottage did not have indoor plumbing. An outhouse it was about 20 yards away from the main building. I used to laugh when I went out there, except when it was cold. <laughs> but I used to laugh when I went out there because there in this, in this outhouse as wallpaper were all his degrees, <laughs> all his com- commendations, all his letters from Prime Ministers and others who had sought his service and asked him for his wisdom. I'm not suggesting that you do this with your degree. (laughs) But I was fascinated by it. And one day I got the nerve up to ask him one time, Fred, why the wallpaper in the outhouse? And he chuckled. And then he quoted this passage from Corinthians, verse 30. In fact, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let them who boast boast in the Lord. He chuckled again, and he simply said, it keeps me honest, and it gives me perspective. To you as graduates today, I wanna make this very clear. There are two great journeys you are moving toward in these next few weeks. One is foolishness to, to the world, This cross and a Jesus who died on on that cross so that we might be forgiven and all at the same time a resurrected Jesus that has called us to a new way of responsible living. And then this other great journey toward a parchment of paper that you hold in your hand that says, You have completed a foundation of studies and you have accomplished much. And we are here to say to you, well done. You are a graduate of this unique place called Tyndale and you have accomplished much. However, one of these journeys gives perspective to the other. So if anyone boasts, boast and hold on to that cross and that resurrection that leads you into whatever is next. Because as my spiritual mentor said, it will make all the difference. Amen.